From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. James, it's been a little bit since we've spoken, but I'm glad we're back and we have uh, a nice tie-in episode from the themes that we've been discussing lately. How, how are you? Well, I'm doing great, Steve, and as always, it's great to be here uh, talking about programming. Absolutely. And uh, it seems like we're getting more people that are reaching out to us, and we really appreciate that. Um, one of those is Ben Woodruff. Um, thanks, Ben, for reaching out. He made a comment on LinkedIn about episode 73, where we were talking about compensation for AB programmers. And um, it was really nice for him to not only join in the conversation, share his thoughts. Um, he appreciated us bringing this topic up, and he also uh, thanked us for doing what we're doing. And we always appreciate that. So today we're... Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more kind of in the same vein about how do we get the world of AV, the people that we work with, whether it's clients, whether it's people on an AV team to really appreciate the value of programming. And we've talked about this in different episodes in the past, and um, sometimes it's really underestimated what it takes to do programming, um, why it costs so much. Um, why you need the skill set that you need, and and also with all of the different uh, tools that are being made available, uh, and the whole idea of no programming required, it kind of muddies the waters a bit. So, James, when um, when when people talk to you about this, and and you know whether you're talking about the time when you were in charge of doing programming hands on or overseeing other people doing programming, how do you explain to them really what is involved? Because it's really that invisible part aside for, you know, seeing the final product. It's very hard. Uh, how do you explain to, especially non-programmers, the value that we bring? And I can never really come up with a good analogy until, fortunately, the second, like I just happen to think of one right now. And you got to think of us programmers like contractors, uh, construction contractors and configurator and those systems are great. They're your module homes. They get you done up and going very little what you could do with it. And us programmers are your custom built screws, nuts, bolts, everything is fully defined, open and configurable, uh, changeable. Um, like I said, I, I wish I thought about that sooner. I don't know. It just popped in my head right this second. <laughs> but that's, uh, I would say, well, like, that's what the value we bring. Now we take longer sometimes. We have more skill. We cost more money. But in the end, you tend to get a product that you like better than a module or configurator. Yeah, I I, um, I certainly agree. And of course, we're biased there. Um, and, and I'm sure that everyone listening is nodding their head. Um, quite a bit. I, I think I think we we have to look at all the sides of the coin. And somebody's going to say, "Well, if I can do this and get the job done with these tools, um, why do why why is it that important to bring you in? And um, and why why do we have to make this more than that? And and that's always this this question that that we have to. Uh, either answer or prove or, or it, it, you know, explain in detail because 
But one of the things that I'm finding at least is, is that, you know, as more people can do programming, the, it, it kind of, um, it, it uh, lessens the, the, the concentration of good programmers per se. And it makes it so that if everybody can do it, how, how do you really show people the, the difference between somebody who has the years of experience and the skills and, and maybe the, that extra know-how? I, I think to really show this is to me, to be a good programmer is knowing the proper tool. Uh, just like a contractor who knows, oh yeah, module home is going to do what you need. We'll go that route. Oh, you need this. Let's go custom. Like we don't need technology to solve every problem. Uh, so a good programmer, almost like any good salesperson or any good installer, is going to give you the best product, maybe not the most costly, but the best product for your end goal. And that's where, to me, as a best, uh, a good AV person, programmer, designer, installer, whatever, is they're always looking at the end goal. What is what goal you're trying to achieve? And then find that solution that fits that goal. Uh, and that's, you know, we have the variables of budget, time, and quality. And, you know, you can only have the arrow going to two while it pulls away from one. We all know about that graph. So really is your good tech, your good person there, your quality, your value is showing how you can achieve that with the proper tools. It, I, you know, it's, it's interesting what comes to mind when you say that I, I think of is, is building trust. So we have, we have to prove that we can be trustworthy, counted on, that somebody is, wants to treat a programmer as a partner, um, feels like they're going to act in their best interest. I, I, you know, I guess it's like you would do with any other contractor per se, um, the, you're, you, you might, you, you, you want, you want the outcome, but you also want to be able to have a good experience as well with working with that person and knowing that that person's going to look out for you. And, and, um, part of this is that the reason why a programmer or, or why this conversation may be so difficult is that it's hard for people to relate and understand what we do. So we have to be able to maybe have a better um, person to person conversation and, and get them to, um, to, to invest in the fact that we're, we're going to look out for their best interest. I think that's the hardest part of our field in any tech field is you look at most tech people, they're introverts. They're not really sociable people. Yeah. You have your outliers out there. Um, but not really. Tech peoples are very to themselves. So you take a programmer who, and then you take an installer. They're they're not going to speak the same language all the time. So they they live in their own world, we can say, or a silo, and it's expanding that world, expanding that horizon, and knowing, okay, yeah, I don't have to be a great installer, but I need to be able to work with this uh, installer. And sometimes it, it might mean that us programmers need to, you know, put that branch out first. Um, but if we come in, you know, 
all cocky, like, oh, you guys have no clue what I do. This is hard. They're going to look at you and go, well, you have no clue what I do. My job is hard. And then you're butting heads. We're not in a competition. We're on a team. We're trying to achieve the same goal. So I guess this kind of brings the conversation almost full circle to what we had a few episodes ago where we talked about, you know, how a programmer or how people in, in um, the, these roles that are not as visible need to get out more. You know, as you said, you know, we're, we're all um, more of introvert, but we're also keep, um, we, we, we kind of keep what we do close to the vests a lot of times. So maybe, and, and it's easy to network within your own community and that's a, certainly a start, but we have to be able to put it out to the rest of the world. So for example, and maybe this is a good uh, way that we could have our audience help is maybe get more people listening to a podcast like these so that they can understand and appreciate what a you know, programmer does and their value and, uh, and educate the people that they're working with. I agree. And put this out, to, let's put this out to our listeners. And I, I understand that we, like I mentioned earlier, we're introverts and you don't always know the value that you, uh, you can't always show the value we bring to your teamwork, uh, teammates, or even your supervisor, have them listen, say, Hey, this is what I'm going for daily. Like take a listen to this podcast or even the other great podcasts out there. There's a ton of them. State of Control is another great podcast that explains what's going on. It doesn't have to be this podcast, but you can say, hey, this is what I deal with on a daily basis. And it gives them a, it's like a nice way, you not saying to them being like, hey, I'm busy or hey, this is difficult. And it's like, here is someone in my field and this is what they're talking about. And so you're almost like I kind of chop it up um, when you're a parent and you're dealing with a toddler. And you, if you tell the toddler, hey, we have to leave park, they're mad at you. But if you set an alarm and in and out of an object and say, when the timer goes off, it's time to leave. Now they're mad at the alarm. So you, even though they're still angry, they're still frustrated. Now their direction is at a different thing. And it doesn't hurt the relationship between the parent and the toddler because now it's an, another object that is causing the pain or the reason why we're leaving. And this is a good way to say, hey, this is what I deal with. Now you can still keep that relationship and they can listen to other experts in the field talking about what we're doing. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I, I, uh, I, I think, I think that's very important, which, which kind of comes also back to the, the reason why there needs to be uh, a greater voice, I think, for programmers, software developers, those in these roles in the industry, uh, you know, back in the day, um, there was a council that Avixa had that was a called at the time independent programmers council. It's something that I uh, am trying to help encourage them to bring back in a different form so that programmers can congregate. But for the industry to understand that there's a lot of these people in the, that are in this role. So I, I would like to hear if anyone thinks that there's value in that and, and wants to be part of it. And let's, let's, um, let's reach out and, and um, put uh, names together so that we can 
find a voice that can be uh, a way to let the other people in the industry in different in, in different um, roles understand that we exist and we're important and we have a lot to bring to the table. I think that's a great idea and you can count my name on that list. <laughs> it's uh, you know it's always great when we we could have these conversations and they kind of tie back to things that we're working on um, or that we've been we've been talking about a lot but it's been uh, been a lot of years that um, I I've been trying to make the industry understand what we do so um, it's time to invest in others to to also continue that effort and to uh, help because it's not, it, it, I don't think that that's going away. Agreed. So I probably a good place for us to wrap this one, but a um, few calls to action out there. And you know, we'd like to hear from you uh, listeners. Let us know what you think about this. Um, you know, um, it may, maybe we were a little bit, uh, uh, you know, spirited about it and, and, uh, and, and, you know, trying to, uh, um, push, you know, it's a, 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 um, you know, a message out, but, uh, but I'd like to hear what, what you have to say and what, what you think about this. Um, um, James and I are, are very approachable on different mediums. So James, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, as always, uh, on Twitter, Sunday morning, especially at the AB and the AM, my Twitter is AB underscore James King. I'm on LinkedIn, not as active. I'm starting to get a little more active on there. Uh, anything with HEPMA, you'll probably find me and Bob with HEPMA, writer for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine, the IT and AV column. So I'm sure if you Google me, you'll find me. Absolutely. And uh, and for me, you could reach me at Steve Greenblatt on all the social media platforms and Twitter and LinkedIn are where I'm most active. And, um, and if there's some platforms that you're on that we should know about, let us know that as well. Um, but to find our podcasts, uh, if, if it's, you're not already listening in your favorite podcast player, you could also find the video version on YouTube. And um, we would like to hear from you, as we mentioned. So please reach out and we'd really like to continue this conversation. Uh, but for now, that's what we have for today. And this has been Ask the Programmer. <laughs>